0: And then like one day it hit me. They're still talking about headshots. They haven't gotten headshots yet. Nobody's booking in this class. Nobody, what if a year and a half later I'd realized I'd just been in therapy.
1: Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co-host, Trevor Algott.
2: And I'm AJ Meyer. And coming up in episode 227, Trevor sits down for part one of our newest interview series, uh, his chat with actor DeWan Johnson series regular on Amazon's new show, Bosch to chat about uh, his journey from Florida to Colorado to Los Angeles, and more specifically, why he ignored his agent's advice, hmm, and why that was a good thing, why and how to choose your tribe, which could mean the difference between working and not working, and a whole lot more. It's all coming up in episode 227, so stick around.
1: for this episode of Inside Acting comes from Rehearsal Pro. Yes, indeed, Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. It's coming in just a few short weeks at this point. And if you want to learn your lines, be off book for your auditions, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole lot more, just go to Rehearsal.pro IAP right now to learn all about the great new features coming in this next version of Rehearsal. Rehearsal Pro, the groundbreaking app designed by Actors for Actors. Reserve your soon-to-be-released copy of Rehearsal Pro right now at Rehearsal.pro slash IAP. That is Rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Hello, Senor Trevor. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I am uh, fresh out of uh, a binge watching session of House of Cards.
2: Yeah, I looked ahead on the uh, on the outline. I was surprised to not see. Um, House of Cards is your pick of the week, considering I figured that's what you spent your week doing. I know. It, it kind of goes without saying. But
1: <laughs> it's like the whole world's pick of the week, or it should be. Uh, but I I had another pick of the week lined up. So so that was uh, House of Cards gets shuffled to the back burner until next week.
2: Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. I'm going to tell Kevin Spacey that you put him on the back burner, and we will just see about what... He's
1: probably going to just have me killed or something. Murdered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we have uh, a question from Ali and then a comment from Davood. And these really go hand in hand. I'm excited to start with Ali's question and then move on to Davood's comment because I think that they they complement each other beautifully. So Ali writes in and says that she's. Currently taking an acting class for film and television acting, and it's an amazing class. She loves it. Uh, they recently got a new teacher, and this teacher's a bit hard on the students, has very high expectations, and usually that's a great thing, right? It pushes students to be better. Recently, though, there was an incident that Allie is not sure how she feels about. She says, every week we run scenes from popular TV shows and movies, and sometimes a subject matter can get pretty dark. Scenes about... You know, sexual assaults and stuff like that are triggers for a lot of people, uh, Allie included, and uh, some people just kind of can't handle that. They're not in a place to go there and really invest themselves in a scene like that. And on a personal note, this is Trevor speaking now, I think that's completely understandable. Allie continues and says that her last teacher allowed them to, uh, allowed students to opt out of scenes like that uh, because, you know, if you know a little bit about uh, an actor's personal background and experiences, it can be completely uh, understandable uh, to allow an actor to choose out of doing something like that. Anyway, another scene about uh, rape recently came up in this class, and instead of allowing Allie to not do the scene, this new teacher told her that uh, she was, quote, a bad actor and that a real actor would be able to do it with no problem. Yikes. Uh, he then told her to do it anyway, and when she started to get upset, he yelled at her to push through it. She ended up crying pretty hard, ran out of the class, and hasn't been back since. She is, however, still enrolled and has been, ba- been told she can go back any time, but she's not sure if she wants to without knowing that she won't, you know, kind of be strong-armed into doing scenes like this again in the future. So her question is, was this teacher in the right? should she have been able to do a scene like this or should she been allowed to sit it out and are there other actors out there who refuse to do certain types of work or certain types of scene or content she wants to approach this situation as professionally as possible without being triggered or pushed emotionally uh to a place that she just doesn't want to be right now she's not ready to go there yet so uh that's the uh that's her situation her question and we've never talked about this kind of thing on the show before we've talked about it in terms of like oh you know if you do a mcdonald's commercial and they want you to eat a burger like what do you do but but this is a little bit deeper so um i know aj when we were talking about this before we started recording (coughs) you said like whoa i i've got some feelings on this so so what's your take on this
2: yeah i i I have an I have some mixed emotions about this and, and I'll, I'll do my best to explain why in the shortest amount of time possible, because this is a podcast. Um, first of all, I just want to preface anything that we say here by just saying that Trevor and I um, are at a unique disadvantage in answering this question um, because neither of us are female. And I just want to say upfront that there are certain issues in this world, in this culture in this art that are just that uniquely, uh, female in nature. Um, that is not to say that they, that the same issues cannot affect a, uh, male or a male actor. I'm simply saying that because there are likely things, uh, sensitivities, um, experiences on things that have happened in the life of any female, not just this, uh, listener, any female, um, that Trevor, I, Trevor, or I, nor I have probably experienced. Um, that being said, the reason that I have mixed feelings about this is because first of all, I think that that teacher is for the most part, just bluntly an asshole. Um, but not because he t- sort of forced her to do the scene, but rather because he told her she was would be a bad actor if she couldn't. Th- that's ridiculous. There, you're in an acting class. Th- that, 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 that's not something that should be presenced in an acting class. Is like you're a bad actor if you can't do X, Y, and Z, regardless of what it was. Crying on cue, saying a line correctly, getting off book and five, like whatever, whatever bar this person is setting for you to be an artist is ridiculous. Um, so that pisses me off. Um, the, the, the other aspect of this is the idea of doing something that we are uncomfortable with. And that's where I'm sort of, um, that's where I have the mixed feelings. I understand that there are people who have certain sensitivities towards certain things. Um, uh, I can't think of another example. Well, here, like uh, for instance, uh, guns. There are a lot of people out there who are just like terrified of guns, fake, real, doesn't matter. If they are in the presence of a weapon, it freaks them out, and they have a hard time sort of dealing. Whether that's from um, a trauma they've experienced or not. <clears throat> and 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 for those of you who haven't spent a lot of time studying you know, psychology, um, or, or trauma, trauma doesn't necessarily mean that somebody was like shot with a gun. Trauma could just be like, they were a kid. Uh, and before their brains were able to process it, they saw a movie with guns in it or something, and it caused a sensitivity. So it, it, this doesn't mean that Allie, you know, experienced rape or, um, some kind of sexual assault. She may have, she may not have, Um, statistically, um, unfortunately, statistically in this country, there's a good chance that she has, but, um, it doesn't matter. There could be some kind of, of trauma there. And I, I totally get the, uh, avoidance of triggering said trauma. That makes sense. On the flip side of that, and this is where I, I, I have mixed emotions, and this is both inside and outside of the acting classroom or the acting world or the acting art. Outside of the acting art, I, there's this thing of, um, that we've said on the podcast before, the only way out is through. In other words, if there is some kind of trauma, you know, it, it's, it, sometimes the best way to deal with it is by confronting it head on. Unfortunately, an acting classroom with a bunch of people around where you're, there's no context for that breakthrough is probably not the right place to do it, which again makes this teacher an asshole and irresponsible. Inside the acting classroom, sometimes it is supportive to get pushed to your limits or past them so that you can learn what those limits are and be able to see what it is that you are actually capable of. Once again, why I have mixed feelings about that. In the old days, by the way, and there's a lot of people who talk about this, uh, and I say in the old days of like acting classrooms, teachers were mean, awful, There were there's all these stories of like teachers used to like throw things at their students, get in their faces, scream at them. Um, Today, it's a joke. And you'll see a lot of I think even, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or something has done, you know, when he said when he did like the Jimmy Kimmel School of Perfect Acting for the Oscars last year, like he pretended to be one of these awful teachers and was like, you know, screaming at his students and stuff. This is a stereotype that is based in truth and historical fact. So maybe this person, male, female uh, acting teacher, is from this old old school, and there was a time and a place for that, and it's not really done anymore. And it's not really a great way to bring somebody to their to their acting potential. I think now there, there might be you know acting teachers out there who disagree with me, but. The, like I said, one of the other reasons I have mixed feelings about this is because there's, there, there there must be a way where we as artists can grow, where we are pushed to and past our limits. I just think that the way that this person did it was uh, sophomoric, irresponsible, and frankly, dickish. Um, and now I'm going to crawl off my soapbox and ask, ask you what you think, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, wow. Um... The only things I would add, and I, I'm I'm adding these things in the interest of just taking as full a look uh, at this uh, situation as possible uh, as we can on a podcast. A situation like this, it kind of depends on in terms of framing it, you know, in your mind, mentally and emotionally and spiritually. It kind of depends on what your definition of acting is. Uh, in this case, it sounds like. Um, there was like a slight kind of blurring of the lines between like a scene study and like psychotherapy or like psychodrama. And, and back in the day, that was like a major approach to acting. People like literally worked through their personal issues through acting on stage uh, in front of a class. And that, that was actually a very prominent uh, way of, of, of working. Not so much today, and I don't know that it was ever terribly healthy to do, but uh, you know, to each their own. But I think that's something that just sort of to look at, to say, okay, like w- what is acting to me and, and how could this serve me? And then the second thing I would say is let's assume that this teacher, uh, you know, as we say in the emotional intelligence development work we've done, let's assume positive intent. Let's assume that they had, uh, you know, let's assume they had the, the student's best interests at heart if that's the case if they were indeed pushing for a breakthrough like what what what's what's a constructive way to, to spin this um, and i, I don't I, like i said I, I agree with you aj i think this was kind of a dickish and asshole-ish way to go about it i think it was a little bit insensitive based on what we've heard here from Allie. but is there anything of value here to take away is there and again i'm plain devil's advocate because I'm in agreement with you, but is there, is there a way that this that we can look at this from the distance of a few days or weeks or months now? Can we look at this and say, okay, what was, what was the intention? Was the intention for me to overcome this kind of thing? Was the language perhaps, you know, calling me a bad actor? Was that perhaps uh, not accurate, but was the spirit behind that uh, more constructive? Is there a different way I can kind of look at this? So hopefully that that uh, our our stance on that is is clear uh and then she asks, are there actors who refuse to do certain scenes? Is this something that that comes up a lot and in in my experience, actors are pretty ballsy people you know they want to confront this stuff they want to work through these things they want to attack these these issues and uh live through them as intimately as possible with other people i mean that's kind of what acting is is all about
2: there are Certain instances where, yeah, of course, actors have refused to do something. Um, You know, the question is, does that same thinking apply when it comes to um, a trauma trigger? You know, I think I I think that's basically what she's asking. I don't really have a good answer either, like because I I don't know. I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of an instance where you know uh, I know of an actor who refused to you know do something, but at the same time. If they refused to do it, we probably wouldn't have heard about it.
1: Right, right, exactly. I think it's a highly personal uh, issue, and that as long as you know we are committed to uh, not only um, growing as individuals, but also continually serving others with our work, move forward with things like this, obviously, at your own pace and in accordance with your own gut feeling. So mm. I think as, as long as you are coming from that place and asking yourself, like, how am I being of service to humanity and, and evolving our, our consciousness? And am I being in integrity with my own morals and values? Then I think you kind of can't go wrong. And feeling those things out will sometimes be scary. And it'll, sometimes it'll it'll feel like you're, you know, maybe moving into a, a dangerous place emotionally. Um, But that's not always necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's completely inappropriate. Other times, it's what's required to break through something that was holding us back and getting to the next level. I hope this helps, Allie. I hope this was supportive to you in in some way. And I hope other people listening who uh, who are dealing with similar issues, I hope this was supportive as well. And please let us know your thoughts. You guys know how to get in touch with us, voicemail, email. Twitter, Facebook, all of the above. Let us know um, what resonates with you about this and, and what doesn't. So we have this voicemail from Davoud that I think uh, complements this this email from Ali very very nicely.
3: Hello, AJ. Hello, Trevor. This is Davoud from London. And um, you talk about how how uh, clear or how. I don't know how loud we should be about our political or activist agenda uh, in relationship of our acting. Well, I just have a quote from George Orwell who says there does not exist such a thing as a non-political art. Every art is political. Even a non-political art is political. In fact, the notion of of a non-political art is a political statement in itself. And this is from Why Do I Write by George Orwell. And I myself actually deal with that on daily basis because I'm an actually, I'm literally an Iranian actor living in exile. I cannot go back. So it almost every day on my Facebook, I'm really proud of it that I'm doing that. I don't mind certain people who are scared or consider me as troublemaker, don't want to work with me. I think integrity speaks loudest than everything else. Good luck, guys. Take care.
1: Thank you, Davoud, uh, for the voicemail. Um, I, I, what a unique situation to be in, to be uh, living in London um, as, as an exiled Iranian actor I, I think I heard him Correctly when he said that uh, And the fact that Integrity speaks loudest Louder than everything else And that if someone Doesn't want to work with you Because of your values Then fuck them You know Like there are plenty Of other people to work with Plenty of stories to tell That line up perfectly With your values And I love The George Orwell Quote about There being no such thing As, a, as non-political art That if that Saying that art Is non-political Is a statement of politics in itself so uh david thank you and i think that the parallels between this uh voicemail from Davud and ali's uh email are, are pretty obvious
2: yeah and not only that but the um the conversation i mean he mentions it but obviously the conversation we had uh on the previous episode uh, about you know art and and activism
1: yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> yeah. and art is activism uh you know really i mean there's there's that's what moves people. I was watching something. Oh, I don't remember what it was. I'll, I'll be short with this because I know we got to move on. But I was watching something uh, a while ago, and it was I think it was Deepak Chopra, and he was saying that the only. Um Sort of facet of the citizenry that leaders and governments have ever feared is artists, because artists have their finger on the pulse of the people, and artists alone have the ability to motivate people to action and revolution more than anything or anybody else.
2: Well, yeah, I was just going to say profound uh, in that it's also a double-edged sword because look at what the art, you know, artists that that um, possess a lot of the influence these days are touting or what they are influencing people to I'm I'm speaking specifically about like the Kardashians of the world who you know are not really artists they're celebrities which is like this faux art and what they are influencing people to is actually the complacency or the buying into the 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 systems that those same people f- who fear artists have put in place? Yeah, sorry, that was a mouthful, but I think you understood <laughs> where I was going with that.
1: Absolutely. Well, given that uh, I'm in leaf blower land right now, um, I think we can jump into part one with Dewan. So enjoy this, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side when the leaf blowers decide to go home. sitting across from DeWan Johnson who is an actor, a coach, all around great guy. He's uh, got a great role on the Amazon show Bosch right now. He's been, what, nine episodes in? Nine episodes in. Actually, you were recommended to us by a listener. A listener said, hey, I know Dewan, you guys gotta connect. You have really similar ideologies. Uh, I really love what you're both about. And as soon as I just did a quick Google search on you. Yeah, I found all this stuff. I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I gotta <laughs> sit down with DeWan. So really stoked to have you here, man. Thanks for, Thank you. for being here. Thank you
0: for having me here, man. I'm excited to be here.
1: Cool. So as you know, we always like to start at the beginning and just kind of hear what got you into this industry. It's different for everybody, and mm-hmm. everybody has different reasons for being here. Uh, and just based on what we were chatting about earlier, um, I really want to hear about your journey from birth
0: through <laughs> till now. Like,
1: what? Why okay. are you an actor, man? Why am
0: I an actor? You know. Um, if- my mom was sitting next to me. She would definitely say I've been causing a scene since I was you know, very young. So it started very, very, very young. But I think it all happened when I was... I'm from Florida. Let's start there. I'm from, okay. I'm, I'm from Florida by way of Chicago. We moved to Florida, Miami, Florida, when I was five years old. Um, and I basically did all my schooling and everything in Florida till I was 18. Um, go Gators before I moved out here. All right. All right. But when I was in middle school... Uh, eighth grade actually there was a play the wizard of oz and i auditioned for the wizard of oz and i got the lead role of the scarecrow um and from that point on i just loved it i loved 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 um i can just still remember the moves and and hanging up on that um what do you call that thing that scarecrow this the the stake that he sits on or whatever in the field it it just was a lot of fun like just being on that journey and, and and i feel like Everything kind of clicked in after that, like clicked in, meaning in the sense of like, I could just be silly. I could be somebody else. I could have fun. I could do all this stuff in acting. And I just loved it from that point on, from eighth grade on, Um, which is funny because the next grade when I went in, I auditioned for this play called The Bad Seed and I just knew I was going to get it because... I was a scarecrow. Hello. Um, <laughs> you you hit course. the big time. I was like, that's you what they were. You proven want. yourself. Paid your dues. Excuse <laughs> <I>, you <know? laughs> um, Scare- me, scarecrow coming scarecrow through. Scarecrow coming through. Um, and I did not get it. And I was heartbroken. Ooh. I was so heartbroken. I was. And I just really, I, rem- I remember feeling that because it was like, I really thought I was going to get it. You know what I mean? But that's okay. You know, it didn't happen. And then I went to... Um, high school after that. And I didn't do any theater because we were doing, um, it was an IB program, which was like a international baccalaureate program. And I didn't do any theater. And then when I got to college is when it picked back up and my mom said, go, we can go off to school. You're going to be a lawyer. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be a lawyer. And as soon as I got there, like freshman year, I was like, in the theater department. And wow. Wow. <laughs> if my mom's listening, I was not in the theater department on my freshman year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I just I just went in and it's been since then, man, since then, I, I kind of went back and forth um, um, between criminology and theater. And then I finally, just by the end of it, I knew that I wanted to do Theater. I did plays. Um, uh, another big claim to fame that I called out there again, and this will come back in a second. I'm sure um, is I played Hamlet. Oh, um, and as, as I was Hamlet, and 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 that was one of the things in the in the um, in the um, the repertory theater in town in, in Gainesville. And so again, when I left college, um, 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 I came out to L.A. I came. Well, I'll stop for a second, but I came out to L.A. after that, and I thought I was hot shit on a rock again because. I played Hamlet. Sure. But then you get out to LA and everybody's I played everybody. Hamlet. 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 Yeah. yeah. Everybody was the big dog everybody's, in a small pond the at their dog. theater program. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't, but yeah. I didn't know that, so yeah. that took a little bit. But um, I also took a two-year pit stop between college, undergrad, and um, LA, and I did a two-year program in Colorado. Um, Fort Collins, Colorado, Colorado State University, um, grad school. I did a grad school program there. Oh, um, cool, man. Totally different. Mine. It's, um, I did it in, um, student affairs, working with students cause I really enjoyed that. Um, and I just got tired of telling students to go do live their dream and I wasn't living my dream. So I just dropped everything at that point, And I was like, okay, mom, I got all the degrees. I got all the things that you wanted me to get. And I was like, but this is what I'm going to do for the next, you know, whatever. And so, and I've been out here. Wow.
1: Okay. So I'm curious about that moment where you realized I'm telling all these kids to follow their dreams and I'm not doing it myself. I bet a lot of people listening have had that moment of like, I talk the talk, but I'm not walking the walk. I've had that moment a lot with this podcast. Sometimes I think like, I'm always telling people to go create their own work and stuff. And you know, I've, I've done a couple of little short films and things that I've written and whatnot, but like, I'm not doing it as consistently as I talk about it. Yeah. So what was that moment like for you? And, and what was the breaking point? Or what <sighs> was the, the thing that put you over the edge and said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in with both feet now.
0: Well, you know, it happened, like I said, so I finished undergrad and then I went to the grad school. Ha- grad school was two years long. It happened actually after the first year of grad school. So I had to make a decision. Do I, you know, go for one more year and get this degree? Or do I like leave right now and go to, you know, L.A. is where I was going, where I was planning to go anyway. Um, um, and it, I stayed, I stayed obviously and finished my two year program, but that moment was so strong of like, I, I kept telling all these students and, 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 and my staff cause I was uh, working there and I was like, you guys got to go follow your dreams. You got to go. If you want to be an engineer, let's go do it. If you want to be a nurse, go, you know, I remember it so clear. And then I just remembered being, I felt like a hypocrite. I felt like I was, um, Uh, I just felt like a hypocrite. That's the main thing I can say about it. And I was just like, I really believe in myself. Why am I not doing it as well? And so I did, I just decided, I made a decision that I'm going to just stay one more year just to say I did it. So I don't have to go back to school or anything like whatever. And then I left, packed it up and left. I was acting in, in Colorado, though I should say there was still I was teaching um, some undergrad uh, theater there. I had an agent. I booked my first Animal Planet. Does, is, that, is that wait? Is <laughs> yes. that just around? Awesome no. man! I booked my first um rec- What do you call it? Recreation? Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, when yeah, they yeah a dramatic reenactment right? kind yes, of thing. Yeah. that's what word I'm looking for. Did you get for. attacked by an alligator know, or something? I, <laughs> no, I was. I can't even remember what happened, but I just remembered that was my claim to like that was yeah. to me again. I did Animal Planet, and it was really freaking awesome. And so uh, I was acting, and I just remember I had an agent out in Denver, which I would drive 45 minutes down. Um, Big Fish Talent Agency was the name of it. Um, what I did was um, uh, he told me not to leave. He said not to leave Denver. Not to leave Denver. Was another was another resistance right there saying not to leave um, uh, Colorado. You're not ready yet for L.A. Your agent told your you agent that. agent said it. it. It was a big thing. You're just like, you're booking out here. Why don't you stay here for a couple more years and um, uh, uh, get your feet wet and then move out to L.A. And I remember he had a friend uh, that was on the Wonder Years years ago, maybe the bigger dad guy, and ha- had said, he's not getting work right now out in L.A. Why, why do you think you're going to go out to L.A. and get work? And I just remember. I remember thinking I guess I could follow that I guess that makes a lot of sense but I'm going because I had already made up my mind i had already in my mind wasted not wasted that's a bad way I'd already given two years of not following my dreams out on a place where I knew after a year I should be going and so I just went
1: wow okay so me. in retrospect yeah. do you think he had a point no
0: Ooh. no no I don't think you know what I've uh, you know, one of the things that are really big for uh, you people out there. I started believing and I believe this to be very, very true. What people say is about them and what we hear is about us. Mm -hmm. And so that's big. And like so that might have definitely really been true for him. And that might have been his experience. But that had nothing to do with me. And only if I took that on, did that really have to do with me. And, you know, maybe in some of those beginning moments where things were looking a little challenging when I first got to L.A., I might have been like, oh, but I just knew that Denver was not where I wanted to be. I mean, I love Denver and I'll move back to it one day, like if I can be in a different state or something like that. I really do love Colorado. But that I remember it. I remember thinking like, OK, I'll see you later. And I went and. I got out here. <laughs>
1: yeah, and yeah. you know, I've heard it said that when people give advice, mm-hmm. they're really just talking to their former selves. Yeah. And
0: mm-hmm. I think that's really, really true.
1: It's yeah. all filtered through like, well, when I was in your position, or if I were in your position, or based on my life experience, I would do this. Yeah. And that's really what it is. So when people say, you should, mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like anytime anybody hears that red flag should go up. Yeah. And just say, okay, take whatever comes after those words, you should take whatever comes after them, With a grain of salt, because it's it's being filtered through some experience that wasn't yours. It isn't yours. It might
0: even be like instead of former self, it might even be just like right now yourself. Like you know, you should be like you know working with yourself. So if I'm like, you should be out there doing some exercise. I'm like really talking (laughs) to myself. You're right, you big (laughs) fella. I know. I know. You you do what I mean. Like so, I I, I hear that and I'm like, wow, maybe that's actually right now. So yeah, I know. I think I think it's good. I think he also, you know, that was that he was. he meant well. I think yeah, he meant yeah. well. He wasn't trying to, you know, say, Dewan, you shouldn't go out there and act. I think he was just, you know, I had bigger dreams. I had bigger dreams for myself okay. at that point. So, yeah.
1: Wow. So what did you tell him? I just told him I was leaving. So you were like, thank you for sharing. Yeah. I'm still going to go. I'm still going to
0: go. I remember cool. I'm still going to go. And, and, and yeah, listen, the guy, they, they had like three agents out in Colorado. And it, you, you got with one of them and that was great. And I felt great about getting with one of them. But it's just something was just like, you got to go. This is, this is, you've, you've waited too long. Go. Um And uh, I am so incredibly happy and thankful for all of my time that I had in Florida, my four years in Florida, um, in undergrad and then my grad school time. time now, because if I had gotten out here when I was like between 18 and 21, 22, I probably would be a crackhead. I probably would be like, I probably would, would be home to be honest. Like the discipline that I got in school to finish those four years and, 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 um, undergrad and, you know, even like, pushing through grad school. I can't change that. I can't change that. And that's one of the big things that I have seen about friends or, you know, past friends or acquaintances or people you see out here that like the discipline you get from school is totally different because you're out here and you're totally, it's self-efficient. You have to do all this by yourself. You're, 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 you're motivating yourself. You're, well, you're, you're motivating people here. So no, well, I I, know. I, I, you're listening I, to the podcast <laughs> <motivated you>. inside <laughs> acting podcast, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. like there's no you,
1: police that are going to come no. and knock your door and say like, you didn't submit today. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. you
0: didn't get up or you didn't do any yeah. of that stuff. Or you haven't pounded the pavement or grinded today or anything like that. So it, it, but that discipline was different for me because I came from a place where I felt like I had that. And I was like, okay, cool. We got to do this. Let's go get this. Let's move. It was, my hustle was different. That's mm-hmm.
1: what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know we, we've heard that a lot on the show people yeah. the, it's interesting because we've heard both sides of the, mm-hmm. of the thing and i don't for our listeners who've been listening for a long time and i and you as well i don't want to rehash this too much but i do want to just point out that there are two predominant schools of thought in my experience mm-hmm. one of them is that hollywood is a town built for young pretty people yeah. so the sooner you can get out here the younger you are the, if you're pretty too mm-hmm. you know like get out here and capitalize on that but then you've got a whole other school of people that says like no man like you got to develop yourself as a human being and yeah. there are are there's crucial personality sort of shaping that happens from 18 to 22 to 24 you know whatever so, it is that window right there is <clears throat> you, you learn a lot about yourself you learn how to discipline yourself you learn how to complete things you learn how people work you learn how to you know write a check d- right like, write a check pay some <laughs> like your own bills <laughs> like, like bills. Yeah, and so yeah. you know and there are obviously exceptions to every rule and this is not an absolute thing and i'm generalizing a little bit but we do hear more often than not that Yes, young and pretty is great, but being like grounded as a human being in in life experience is is far more important. And it sounds like you're of that yeah. of that school as well.
0: I, I am. For me, for me, it worked personally. But I was just thinking, maybe there's a third school of thought there, and maybe if you do move out here earlier, because it is a town that's built on you know youth and all that stuff, like you just said. But if you do move out here, maybe there should be some type of like help or support or something like that, so that if you are out here, you understand that. That you can um, get some of that stuff, like you know how like Oakwood over in—I like, guess the listeners would—but <laughs> Oakwood over in um, there's a like a complex, a living complex where people who come out and they live there if they're like for pilot season. O- oh, over really? On Forest Lawn, like if you're Barham and Forest Lawn, there's like a place called Oakwood. Apartments no way! And stuff it's like, like it's like a hostel it's like, for it's actors, not a, it's not like basically. A hostel, but it's like. If you come from Kentucky or Tennessee or or anywhere else, like sometimes they'll say, Oh, just live in Oakwood first. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's one of those places. I don't know if it's still huh. that way, but when I moved here, it was like that. So it's like, but think about it as like a Melrose place kind of place. Like wow. you know what I mean? And so but like a lot of young people, even like people who are like kids kid shows and stuff like that they'll come out and they can rent for uh like a three-month period or something like that wow so if that in that place you had some type of learning experience too so you know like hey we can continue ed you you didn't go to college but we can or we will go to that time um we can help you write checks or we can workshops and all that stuff like that
1: wow so do they have like they have you said you use the words continuing ed do they have like Programs. No, of I'm saying they, or, should, or they should. They should. Okay. Like
0: you know, a, yeah, dude, this is a long tangent. Then, <laughs> okay. no, it's cool because I,
1: I think one of the things that's really crucial, and one thing that I wish I had learned in school, mm-hmm. and I and that I just had to figure out over a number, an embarrassingly long number of years, yeah. was how to handle my personal finances. Yeah. that was never taught to me. That yeah. money management is not taught to to anybody. It's something something you just sort of are expected to figure out and know. And yeah. if you're not responsible with your money when you're young, mm-hmm. people sort of frown on it and. That's my experience. I mean, yeah. people don't totally care. Right. But I mean, I think of I think of all the young people that come out here. And leave after mm-hmm. a few years because they put themselves into immense debt and they can 't pay for their you know classes and stuff anymore, and they just don 't want so to get a classes, job that, they
0: can 't pay for their life yeah, yeah. I
1: mean like there 's a whole idea you know, like eating rice and beans, eating ramen noodles, and whatnot it's like, it doesn 't have to be that way and if we just had a a course, mm-hmm. just one like course you know a six week course in high school mm-hmm. for every student in this country yeah. here 's how to handle your money, or if they had a course like that at, at Oakwood, mm-hmm. I mean that be.
0: So this is random and this is the universe talking right now because currently right now at this time in my life, one of my 2016 goals was to get my money straight. Like to get my money management, and so I am enrolled in a class, a continued edge class at the uh, Actors Fund, totally free class. Yeah. At, at the yeah. SAG, at yeah. whatever Actors Building Fund, and it's called Cash Flow for Artists, and it's literally what you just brought up, no like way. It, because that's exactly it, and they talk about that. You know, uh, you you know, when I was a little bit younger, I came into a lot of money out here by booking some commercials. You know, I had all these commercials running, and then you start making like a six figure, like income and then you're all of a sudden you're like well i'm gonna go party right if we had been taught if i had been taught some of that stuff earlier on like you're saying i would have invested some money i would have put some money away from my ira i would have paid off this and stuff like that instead of thinking well like i'll just you know handle it at another time right no so that it definitely is something that i think artists know maybe that's something like that you know SAG or an actor's fund or something like that can be more public with. So when people do come out here for that, at least they have that in their mindset.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that should be one of the sort of key components of, of launching a career. It's That's like, great. you know, I mean, there's great, there's great stuff out there about, you know, here's improv classes. Mm-hmm. Here's cold reading classes. Here's mm-hmm. where you get your headshots done. Here's how to handle your money. Right. Especially if you're like early twenties. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, if you do it right, man, you could retire in your
0: forties. You could. If you, you do it right. Yes.
1: But also, it's not some of those lessons you have to just learn. like yeah. In the process of well, maturing you, as a person. Do
0: you? Like you're saying, you can't I, fall back on it and be like, oh, but maybe you just have to F up a little bit. Well, I like, you know, Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I kind of do. But what if I, you don't and, have to just F up? Like, do you know bread, what I mean? What, yeah. if, what if you have, this has been like, there's some things I don't need to do. Like, I don't need I don't need to, like, eat poo. I know it's not going <laughs> to. <laughs> I don't. I just know, like, hey, I've been taught. The, I'm not gonna touch it You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You're not know, like, no. You got to just try it. Like, no, yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I'm yeah. just wondering, do we have to like mess up like that?
1: All right. Well, that was a little bit of a tangent, but uh, but I loved it. It was totally great. Okay. So, tell me um, about your first years in LA. You said you booked a bunch of commercials and stuff. So you,
0: you know, so I got I got to LA in um, 2002. 2002, May 22nd, 2002. The first couple of years out here. Uh, where everybody likes to say this is when you grind the most, when you hustle the most. Your hustle game is really up before, I guess, you, you hear a lot of no's or you hear a lot of um, um, the challenges pop up. And so that was pretty, pretty... Um, intense i was i felt really good i booked a lot of short films i booked a lot of um uh, backstage west stuff am i dating myself does everybody know backstage west? what's backstage <laughs> west no. so, <laughs> so this is this is back when you had to like find the listings in yes. the paper
1: and you actually mailed off yes. your headshots like physical yes. headshots.
0: physical headshots wow. physical like physical I remember the, 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 the 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 yellowish envelopes you know yeah. what i mean yes yeah. 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 and, and then you could buy the ones the clear plastic, clear plastic, backs, plastic backs, but the yes. then everyone was like hold oh, on to do it you know like, yes. yes yes and so Shit. i did all that and i was doing really really well um you know here's what i'll say about my first couple of years i look back on it and i think like gosh i did hustle i feel like i was i was pounding i was, I was sweating i, I got a, a agent um my first couple of months out here castle rock entertainment i remember them yeah um, rock. yeah it was great and i that was fantastic um i didn't really hook into what it meant to be an actor out here and and start booking like television until 2006. That was my first role on Close to Home. And that what happened in that time period, uh, four years, was that I was getting my feet wet. I was figuring out Take Fountain, um, you know, all that stuff. It didn't really happen. I didn't really get serious. I didn't really understand until 2006. And something happened in 2005, 2006 was that I was sitting in a class. I don't want to say teacher's name because they're big now, but I was sitting in the class for the first couple of years. And I remember thinking like, I feel good as an actor. I remember being in this class and I was like, I feel good as an actor. I feel like this is great. It's like people are crying up there and like, Oh my God, this is exactly what happened in like, you know, theater school. i played Hamlet, bitch. Yes. i was like, this is good. (laughs) And then like one day it hit me. They're still talking about headshots. They haven't gotten headshots yet. Nobody's booking in this class. Nobody, what if a year and a half later, I'd realized I'd just been in therapy for a year and a half and it wasn't really like we were, we were working on plays for a year and a half, Trev, like a year and a half like plays. And I remember I got an audition for the shield and I remember the question I asked in, in class was like, I don't understand how Shakespeare deals with deals with the shield how is this getting me ready for this because i don't this looks different to me and they're like it's all the same it's all acting and i remember like but i, I don't understand and i bet it is and i bet there's listeners out there who can tell me like it is probably all the same but i couldn't compute i was looking at sonnets or whatever i am a pentameter and like and then i was looking at this this scene from the shield and i was just like this doesn't make sense to me and then that's when all the questions started coming up of like i'm not in the right i'm not in the right place i 'm not here this is not the this is not my tribe this is nobody 's booking nobody 's getting headshots we 're talking about the same thing, but I felt good because it just it fed that actor part of me and Then I made the switch over to another studio um, and I, I, I sought out actually i sought out another studio where the conversation would change where the people were booking, where the people were working, and I got into the studio and it was was kind of life changing. It was like it was like really life changing in the sense of like oh okay, there are people working. There are people booking. Oh, I'm going to be the worst person in the class here. Mm, this is mm-hmm. great. And yeah. I loved that idea. That, oh, okay, they're going out all the time. Great. And I start like sponging. Everything and it felt so good. Conversations in the hallway of the studio changed. Like you just felt like, okay, this is a different field. This is where I need to be. And I tell you, I was there. I got in that class, that studio, January of two thousand and six, um, and I booked november which is like wow. what was that january, okay. to, january to november continuously started working working in a different way i was thinking a lot of the times like why wasn't i taught this in school why does it there was a lot of new information that i was being given and um november november of that year i started i booked my first i was taff heart lead um oh, nice. uh, for close to home i booked my first uh, co-star and Dude, I've just been, you know, running ever since then, booking and stuff like that. So. I,
1: I think it's a re- I want to just presence a really important point I think you just brought up, which is the idea that you are the five, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Jim you, Roth. Yeah, and when you <laughs> deliberately start to choose your tribe, you know, like you use the word tribe. I love yeah. that. I think it's exactly what it is. When you deliberately start to choose those people you surround yourself with, you take yourself to a whole yeah. nother level because you become aware of that idea that, you know mm-hmm. what? I am not this lone being that just muscles his way through the world. I am the product of my surroundings a lot of the time. Yes. And, um, but
0: you don't know that, like we don't know, we don't hear that. If we hear that earlier on, I think you move a little bit quicker. or you, or you at least just become aware of like, wait a minute. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. I, just, I, wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that's really, really important that, that people kind of, uh, um, that we that we just presence that.
0: You know, Steve Harvey said it, and it's. I know it's, he's not like the guy you think that would say this, but he said it in a different way, the same way he said, um, and it stuck with me. He said, if nine of your friends are broke, you will be the 10th one. Mm. And I always thought like if you, because you are around all you're around is that type of, and it doesn't have to be about money. It could be if nine of your friends are negative, you will be the 10th one. You know, we can insert anything in there. And I just, that's big to me. It's big of like, uh, you got to be careful. And I understand that, like now, as an actor, like you got to be careful who you're letting in your space. You got to be careful who you're telling your dreams to, because not everybody is gonna be like on your on your side or 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 championing you. And even sometimes when they are championing you, they're they pretend champ. It's, it's right, a whole right, thing. right, right. <laughs> yeah, what's the? There's
1: a. Oh man, it was some like French philosopher, or Greek philosopher, or something that said something like like how sweet it is when our friends experience misery. Yeah, or yeah. something. <laughs> the idea being that like you know, there's a part of us. Right. The, I think it's Sch- Schadenfreude. Is that the the term for it? Maybe there's, there's an idea that, that like, you know, if like, let's say you and I are both up for, you know, big roles and, uh, you don't book the role. Mm -hmm. Part of me, some part of me, and I bet you a lot of people would admit to this goes like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) Like, good. He's not going to like one up me. Like we're still on the same plane, you know? But when you do book it, it's part of me. is like, Oh, like I, I kind of don't wish him well because you know, like I don't want to, I don't want to. Face that I might not be succeeding <laughs> in my career, or what's he doing that I'm not doing? You start to compare yourself, and this whole kind of thing gets set in, in motion.
0: What's that? What's what we just saw? We just had the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. what, what, what's uh, I'm not a sports guy, so who's the Denver Manning? I remember there's a clip out right now of Manning's brother when he they won, and um, um, the other brother is just like straight face, the whole family's like erupting in joy around him, and he has a straight face of just like. Oh, man. So, so how about that for it? Yeah.
2: Shot in Florida. Making you feel better. That, oh Man, I forgot the words. That's embarrassing. Anyway, the fact that you guys were talking about Chide and Freud reminded me of Avenue Q, right. so I tried singing it and then I failed.
1: <laughs> What's the, pick of the week? Quick, <laughs> save me, save me, Trevor. What's your pick of the week? Oh God, oh God, oh God. Okay, so my pick of the week. I hinted at this uh, last week. I think I don't think I cut that part out of the episode. Maybe I did. Uh, my pick of the week is a book called Writing Down the Bones. It's by a woman named Natalie Goldberg, and it's it's kind of like the artist's way before the artist's way came out. It, it's it's a it's a series of essays essentially on writing, uh, and specifically like free association, stream of consciousness writing, and how that is a spiritual practice, that's an artistic practice, and it kind of goes in depth into um, examining the processes at work there. And it's a beautifully written book and. You could take the word writing in that book and just replace it with acting or any art at all. Uh, and it would be equally profound and and important and moving and and all that fun stuff. So uh, recommended reading for any artist, I think. Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. There's a link to that on our website. And the 30th anniversary edition just came out. And it's got a foreword by Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way. So
2: um, okay, uh, yeah, uh, my pick of the week I I, ugh, I struggled with this one Because, you know, technically The podcast has never um, Specifically, I guess Endorsed a Candidate, we've talked a lot about Politics and we've talked about um, <clears throat> uh, We've talked a lot about Climate change and, and Being a good person and making an impact On the world and and, and all of that But I have been sitting back and being um, quiet about my opinions on the current uh, political goings on. Um, I haven't posted about a lot on uh, the social media. For those of you who follow me, you'll notice there's not a lot there and I've just been watching and paying attention and reading and I, 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 I have no choice because everything about this person speaks to me uh, and my values. So I, I am, my pick of the week is Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders.com. Um, I made my small micro donation to his campaign, which is not being funded by, um, billionaires and corporations. And I know that, uh, it is a revolution that is probably going to be quite painful and one that is going to be quite challenging, but it is also one that is long overdue. Um, I have talked about campaign finance reform and getting the money out of politics for uh, a long time, maybe not on the podcast, but just in my life. And everything that he is saying um, about what is what is right and could be great about this country is what I believe and aligns with my values. and um if you want to have a discussion about it i would love to um i've actually been spending quite a lot of time on um hillary's website because i want to know you know uh how they differ what her criticisms of him are etc um so i've been doing my due diligence doing my research and um and obviously uh with the um uh train wreck of a circus that's happening on the other side um this is really the Democrats election to lose. So, um, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about like the, um, insanity, xenophobia, uh, in like just crazy, crazy circusy crap that's happening on the other side. There's, there's, it's, it's almost unworthy of conversation. Um, Hashtag make Donald Trump again, um, but uh, but uh, in terms of of you know the the candidates that I would support, um, I'm I'm throwing my weight and time and energy and money behind uh, Bernie. So hashtag feel the burn. And uh, once again, I'm stepping off my soapbox. Thanks for listening, listeners.
1: We shall see, man. I oh man, this is we could do a whole episode on this alone and the people will be like, what? I thought this was an acting podcast. <laughs> uh anyway, uh that is uh writing down the bones by Natalie Goldberg and the man himself Bernie Sanders. berniesanders.com. Um that's it for episode 227.
2: Yeah, jam-packed. Wow, and a lot of like really intense stuff. I actually like I said before, I'm really interested uh in hearing people's responses to everything we talked about on the show today so remember all the ways to do that um find us on twitter inside acting find us on facebook uh you can send us an email inside acting podcast at gmail.com you can send send us you know leave us a voicemail two two actors that's two and three two 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 eight six seven seven I think I had too many twos in there, but it's two actors. You know how to find us. You can also do it on the website now. Just leave it on mm-hmm. the website or send us an email mp3. But just uh, get engaged, uh, especially, you know, um, what we talked about earlier in the podcast. I'm I'm interested to, to hear what people uh, have to say. Um, in the meantime, today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by yours truly, AJ Meyer, and, of course, Trevor Alget. Uh, Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Kadali Kubrick is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. And uh, we'll have some announcements on some PR stuff uh, coming shortly. In, and, uh, yeah, keep an ear out for that.
1: Trevor, I'll get edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on iTunes, where your reviews are hugely appreciated. Seriously, go leave us a review. Seriously, it, it helps a lot.
2: Boom, mic drop. <clears throat> Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VODagogo.com, and thanks to you, our listeners. If you love inside acting, want to maximize its value in your life and career, and support the continued production of this year' podcast, sign up as a monthly member. Get cool perks. Like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups, and much, much more. Just visit InsideActing.net, click on the Membership tab. You can also sign up for an entire year's worth of the membership and save yourself some ducats. Ducats.
1: ducats is that a word that's not a word that gets thrown around very often ducats
2: it is not and i just used
1: it so you're welcome d-u-c-a-t-s look it up uh that's (laughs) it for episode 227 of inside acting thank you so much for listening everybody we'll see you next week and in the meantime go with your gut